0: Uh, So so folks, we're in the middle verses of Luke chapter 24, as I indicated, and and, and what we've got, right, is, is these two men walking along the road, and I'm really just incredibly thankful for these two men that are walking on the road because they are so easy to relate to. I mean, if we think about it, these men are incredibly relatable. I mean, they really are. If we just kind of, you know, we, we could take them out of their first century sandals and plop ourselves in their shoes and literally walk this seven-mile journey to Emmaus and say, yep, that's me. I, I walk that road. So, so these guys are incredibly relatable. Uh, just look at verses 13 and 14. Uh, we could say that they are too busy. Right, they're too busy. They've got a goal, they've got a destination, and they are headed there. Uh, don't distract me. Don't get in my way. Just let me get to my goal. It sounds a lot like us today in 2020. We, we get our goals, we get our destination, and we go. Um, uh, verse 15 tells us that they're not looking for Jesus. Uh, they, just, they just aren't. They're not looking for him to be active and present in their life. The last they saw him, he was dead on a cross and being buried in a tomb. And so they are not looking for him to be actively engaged in their lives, let alone walking beside them on the road. (laughs) They're not looking for Jesus, and that sounds a lot like us. Uh, verse 16 uh, w- it tells us that they are prevented from seeing. So, so there's something or some things that are, that are outside of themselves that are having this effect on their life. Uh, it, it is, uh, it's like something or some things are throwing a veil over their eyes so that they can't see or recognize Jesus. That sounds a lot like us prevented from seeing. And then and then, really in, in, in verses 19 all the way to verse 24, we see that they kind of have a pessimistic spirit. <laughs> uh, they, they just rattle off all the things that are wrong, all the things that are bad. They, they're, they're rattling off all the events and circumstances of the last several days, and they're saying, uh, this is bad, and this is bad, and this happened, and, and we don't understand this. They just have this pessimistic spirit. They seem to be focused on the bad, and it prevents them from seeing anything good and that tends to sound like us so, so look if we look at the more spiritual side of these uh, incredibly relatable men uh, just, just kind of walk that road with me right they're too busy and so they don't take the time necessary to to try to recognize or see jesus um, uh, that sounds like us, right? We, we spend uh, far too little time trying to see Jesus. Um, uh, they aren't looking for Jesus. Uh, they, they just don't expect him to be engaged or involved, and so they can't see him. That sounds like us. They're prevented uh, from seeing Jesus. There's a bigger force, right? Uh, we know in scripture that we have an evil foe against us that is often trying to throw the veil over our heart and over our mind so that we can't see Jesus or what he is up to. And, and their pessimism, right, their focus on the bad and the negative has this effect where, where they can't see the goodness of God. And that sounds a lot like us. These men walking on the road are just incredibly relatable. Anybody in the room kind of relate to at least one of those things? Right? We have all these obstacles against us that so often prevent us from seeing who Jesus is and, and knowing what Jesus is up to. And so this really becomes an incredibly hopeful and, and awesome story. Uh, but because we can walk the road with these guys and just sort of pay attention. Uh, at the end of the story, they, they have something done to them that we all desire, right? Their eyes are open, and they're able to see and recognize Jesus. And so, so we want to just kind of walk the road and say, well, how do they get to that point? Like, what happens so that they can actually see and recognize Jesus? So, so we're going to do three things. We're, we're just going to follow the sequence and walk the road with them and see what Jesus does to open up their eyes. Uh, second, we're, we're going to see what, what, what this story kind of invites us into. And I'll suggest that, uh, that, that it invites us into two different things. And, and then third, we're, we're just going to celebrate the goodness of Jesus and the things that he does on this road with these two disciples walking to Emmaus and, and what he does with you and me. All right, everybody, is that okay? Everybody's cool? All right, here we go. The First thing that Jesus does, I want you to see this. Verse 17, Jesus what? He meets them where they are. It's super beautiful, right? He, he comes and he doesn't scold them. He doesn't say, hey, why don't you get it? Just look at me, right? Stop focusing on all the bad and pay attention. Look at me, right? Uh, he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't scold them. He, he, doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't say, hey, why can't you just believe? <laughs> No, no, he, he meets them where they are with a question. Th- did you catch it? Right? He, he says, um, uh, where is it? He's, he, says, uh, he says, basically, what are you guys talking about? What are these things? What is this conversation that you're having? What are you guys talking about? And then they say, well, we're talking about Jesus, uh, a prophet who is mighty in word and deed. And Jesus says, well, what are these things about Jesus? It's just this beautiful moment where Jesus just meets them where they are. He, he, he meets them where they are with a question. Um, he, he doesn't expect them to be somewhere. He just lets them be right where they are and, and express themselves in that moment. The, the second thing that Jesus does, we have to see this, is he listens he closes his mouth and he listens. So, so he meets them right where they are, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And then he listens. He closes his mouth and he just listens to them. And he says, uh, nothing. He just lets them spout off, even though they're clearly a little bit off, even though their interpretation of the last few days is clearly not right. He doesn't interrupt. He doesn't you know, speak judgment on them. He, he, he just listens and he lets them talk. And listening is an incredibly loving thing to do. So, so the first thing that Jesus does is he meets them where they are. Second thing that he does is he just listens in love. And and now we've got to see the third thing that he does is he does bring some challenge to them. So, um, uh, Jesus uh, says, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. Just notice again, right? It's the third thing that Jesus does, not the first. Uh, the third thing that he does is he brings this challenge to them and says, oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. Can you imagine um, how that must have uh, captured their heart and their mind? I can only imagine that that probably accelerated their heart rate. They've been waning on and on about, uh, about everything that's been happening, right? And they think that, that this guy that they're walking with is the ignorant one. Like, how can you not know? what has happened in these last few days. And, uh, and so they, they think that this guy is the ignorant one, and then the one that they think is ignorant says, "Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. The, the heart rate accelerates and you're thinking, who are you to call me foolish? Right, who are you to call me slow of heart? And, 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 and Jesus, what he's doing here is he's just presenting a different option He's saying, look, I I hear the way that you're interpreting the the circumstances and the events of the last few days. Let let me just kind of open you up to a different possibility. Let me open you up to a different interpretation. He's presenting just a a brief and quick word of challenge to them. Oh, foolish ones, ones that uh, don't understand, ones that are unintelligible, slow of heart to believe. Um, I would say he's still not scolding them, but he is bringing a, a word of challenge and saying, hey, let me offer you a different interpretation of the events and the circumstances that are happening in your life and in this world right now. The fourth thing that he does uh, is he opens up scripture, right? He opens up scriptures, he, he interprets the the, the the circumstances and the events of the last few days, Using the word of God. Look at what he says. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer first, you could add, and then enter glory. And, and he goes on, he says, look, Moses said it, right? It's so clear in Genesis and Exodus that, that it was God's plan to, to send somebody to suffer and then enter into glory. Um, the prophets said it, right? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, so many of the prophets said it, that, that, that somebody would come and suffer and then enter into glory. What? Well, why don't you believe, right? Jesus points them to God's word, and he allows God's word to, um, to, to interpret the days and the circumstances and the events of the last several hours. Um, uh, th- this is uh, kind of a neat thing because um, uh, it gets one little tiny verse uh, in your story. But, but remember, this is a seven-mile journey, so they're probably on this journey for a couple hours. And, uh, and Jesus is likely having some good time to unpack Scripture in a very full way for them. I mean, uh, they just get to listen. I, I'm imagining for at least an hour as Jesus unpacks every book and every theme and every idea and says, look, all that points to Jesus, points to me. He unpacks Scripture for them. He opens up Scripture in a way that they can understand. Now, now just see this, right, the fifth thing that happens, so, so what we've had so far is we've had Jesus meet them where they are with a question, and then he closes his mouth and he listens, and, and the third thing that he does is he, he presents a different possibility, uh, he, he, um, he, he presents a challenge to them, and then he opens up scripture, and then he sits down to the meal, so um, the, the day is getting late, and they invite him in, and he goes in, and he sits down, and he joins them for a meal. Remember, this is how he came. Uh, Jesus told us in uh, Luke chapter 19, he said, The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Right. That's a statement of purpose. Jesus came how? Eating and drinking. Right. He came <clears throat> in the slow steady method of sitting down and enjoying meals with people. And so, so Jesus goes in and he sits down at this meal and he, and he takes the bread and he, what, blesses it. And all of a sudden their memories flash back. Uh, their memory probably flashes back to, to this moment when Jesus is is in a, you know, in a wide open area and there's 5,000 men around him and, and, and some women and children as well. And, and Jesus takes five loaves and, and two fish and he and he blesses those five loaves and, he, and, and two fish, and he, and he gives those five loaves and two fish to the disciples and says, here, give that to the crowd. Yeah, and their memory probably flashes back to just a, a couple days ago when he uh, on the night when he was betrayed. And he took the bread, and he blessed it, and, and he gave thanks, right? And, and then he gave it to them. Uh, their memories flash back to, to these meals that they have sat down with at, uh, sat down at with Jesus, and, and all of a sudden they're what their eyes are opened, and, and all of a sudden they can see and they recognize that this man that has been talking to them, this one that they thought was ignorant, that uh, this one that, that they longed to see that they wanted to see, now their eyes are opened, and their hearts are open and they see and they recognize the resurrected Jesus. And, and, and just pay attention to their, um, to, to their response. Notice what they say was most effective. They don't point back to the, to the question, right, to, to Jesus meeting them where they, where they were, even though that was helpful. They don't point to Jesus listening to them in love, even though that was helpful. They don't point to the word of challenge, They don't even point to, oh, we saw the resurrected Jesus. What do they point backwards to? They point backwards to the word of God. Listen to their words, right? They say, um, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened the scripture to us? Our hearts burned on the road as he opened up his word so that we could fully see who he is and what he is up to. So, so for me, this calls us in, in, in two different directions. Uh, n- number one, it calls me into relationships with other people. Um, it calls me into relationships uh, so that, right, I can walk with people right where they are. It calls me into relationships so that I can ask questions and, and, and just meet them where they are, and then I can close my mouth and I can, I can listen. It, it calls me into relationships so that I can I can challenge people and say hey maybe there's a different way to interpret the events and the circumstances of 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 your days and and this world that we live in it it calls me into deeper relationships with other people um, so that i can open up god's word to them and say look at look at what god's word says about about jesus it calls me into deeper relationships. I want to be that kind of friend. And, and, and I want friends in my life that are going to walk with me right where I am. Uh, I want friends in my life that are going to listen when I need to talk. I want friends in my life that are going to bring a word of challenge. And I want friends who are going to open up God's word to me. This story of of the disciples walking on the road calls us and invites us into deeper relationships with one another. Uh, But of course, it also invites us to um, open up Scripture, (laughs) to actually grab our Bibles and open it up and read it because that is where Jesus is most easily recognizable. Look, if you're not in God's Word on a daily basis and you want more of Jesus, well, you know the disconnect now, right? The disconnect is you're not reading scripture. So, so get into scripture. Start opening it up. Uh, hit play on your uh, on your uh, on your, uh, your your Bible app and let it read to you. Whatever it takes. But but get into God's word and, and let God's word soak into your heart and soak into your mind. Uh, because without God's word, you won't be able to recognize Jesus on a regular basis. Did not our hearts burn within us while he opened up the scriptures to us on the road? It's not the meal itself that opens up their eyes and, and, and helps them to recognize Jesus. It, it, it's the scripture. Right? It's the scripture that allows them to see Jesus and know who he is and what he's up to. So, so this story invites us, in a very cool way, into relationships with other people and then also invites us to actually open up Scripture. Uh, but, but I also want us to see the incredible good news that's in this story. I mean, this is so cool, right? We, we have a Jesus who wants to meet you right where you are. He doesn't wait for you to be somewhere else. He doesn't wait for you to get to Him. No, no, He, he pulls up alongside. And he walks with you right where you are. That's good news. We've got a Jesus who, who, who listens. <laughs> no matter how wrong you might be, no matter how off base you are, he listens. It's good news. He listens to us, to you, in love. And we've got a Jesus who is probably going to challenge you. And, and that doesn't feel good initially, but, but we know that he challenges us in love because, because he doesn't want us to stay where we are. He doesn't want to leave us off base. He doesn't want to leave us with a false interpretation of the events and circumstances of our life. And so he's going to bring a word of challenge to open up our hearts and our minds. You've got a Jesus who, who wants you to know him better, it's not like he walks around with a veil over him so that you can't see him. No, no, he, he wants you to know him better. He wants to to be in a deeper and deeper relationship with you. And so he sends the Holy Spirit and he sends other people and he, and he opens up scripture to our heart and our mind so that we can know more fully who he is. And, and we've got a Jesus who wants to spend time with you. That's the beauty of the whole meals uh, theme here in the Gospel of Luke. Meals are slow, <laughs> meals are inefficient, but it's what Jesus wants to do with you. He just wants to sit down and spend time with you, and that's incredibly good news. You know, this story is so powerful because we can we, we can put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples, uh, and and we can long for what they long for, and we can see the way that Jesus works and the way that he pulls back one obstacle, one veil after another so that we can see who he is and rejoice. Amen? Amen. Hey, let's pray. Uh, Father, we uh, we thank you once again for sending Jesus. Uh, we thank you for for His power and His victory over o- over sin, over death, and over the grave. And boy, we ask that uh, that you would that, that you would do that miraculous and mighty work of, of of pulling those obstacles back, of pulling those veils back, so we can see who You are every single day, um, every single moment of it of every day so that we can so that we can know what you're up to and we can rejoice and so we thank you for sending jesus and we thank you for opening up our hearts and our minds in the name of jesus we pray amen